Psalm 86. So if you could turn in your Bibles or on your devices to Psalm 86. This is a prayer of David. Incline your ear, O Lord, and answer me, for I am poor and needy. Preserve my life, for I am godly. Save your servant who trusts in you. You are my God. Be gracious to me, O Lord, for to you do I cry all the day. Gladden the soul of your servant, for to you, O Lord, do I lift up my soul. For you, O Lord, are good and forgiving, abounding in steadfast love to all who call upon you. Give ear, O Lord, to my prayer. Listen to my plea for grace. In the day of my trouble, I call upon you, for you answer me. There is none like you among the gods, O Lord, nor are there any words like yours. All the nations you have made shall come and worship before you, O Lord, and shall glorify your name. For you are great and do wondrous things. You alone are God. Teach me your way, O Lord, that I may walk in your truth. Unite my heart to fear your name. I give thanks to you, O Lord, my God, with my whole heart, and I will glorify your name forever. For great is your steadfast love toward me. You have delivered my soul from the depths of Sheol. O God, insolent men have risen up against me. A band of ruthless men seeks my life, and they do not set you before them. But you, O Lord, are a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. Turn to me and be gracious to me. Give your strength to your servant and save the son of your maidservant. Show me a sign of your favor that those who hate me may see and be put to shame because you, Lord, have helped me and comforted me. This is the word of God. Amen. Yes, my name is Klaus. If you don't know, I've been entrusted to speak today. And... Um, we read the Psalm 86 earlier, so if you have your Bibles around there, that would be probably helpful. Um, raise your hands how many of you have read the books or seen the movie, movies, or maybe seen the books and read the movies of Lord of the Rings. Well, if you don't know, it's a story about an unlikely hero uh, who's called Frodo, and he goes on a long journey to destroy something very dangerous, a ring. And it was created to rule over everything. And it could be destroyed only in one place that is dangerously close to where its creator, Sauron, lives. It has to be thrown into the fire that was used to create it in a volcano, basically. Spoiler alert if you haven't seen it or read it, although books have been around for 70 years and movies for 20 years. <laughs> Uh, but Frodo eventually manages to do it. He is the hero of this story, but he would never have been able to do it on his own. He would have been lost. He would never have been able to find his find the way. He would he didn't have any real strength or power to stand against enemies that were trying to kill him, or and take the ring from him. He had a lot of help, and he had a lot of help from different people and creatures. And they were able to help him out, defend him, clothe him, feed him, take enemies' attention from him, and even carry him for a bit. 
At points he messed things up and others, others managed to save him. At other points others messed up and he managed to, uh, to help them. And he, at some point he even says to one of his friends and helpers that, uh, that I would have never gotten very far without you. The point is that to achieve what he set out to do, he had a lot of help. We also have a lot of different tasks and missions to do in our lives. Maybe they aren't that grand as Frodo did, but um, they might not always be so dangerous or important for others, but they are important for us. They're also important to God. And we would also mess things up and go wrong, and we also need help. And this psalm is one where David is asking for help. He's in trouble and he needs support. So where should he turn? There are people around that could help, but can he really trust them? And if, if he can, uh, are they really, really able to help? They might, but they might not. So for David, there's only one real option. And for us, there's also only one real option. We need to turn to God. And why? That's what we'll look at today. So let's read the first uh, seven verses of the psalm. It says, Hear me, Lord, and answer me, for I am poor and needy. Guard my life, for I am faithful to you. Save your servant who trusts in you. You are my God. Have mercy on me, Lord, for I call to you all day long. Bring joy to your servant, Lord, for I put my trust in you. You, Lord, are forgiving and good abounding in love to all who call to you. Hear my prayer, Lord. Listen to my cry for mercy. When I am in distress, I call to you because you answer me. God is our help because he is good and merciful, forgiving and abounding in love. And David, who is author of this psalm, calls only on God to help him because God listens to him and is good and gracious to him. We know that David wrote this psalm because it says so on the top uh, in English or in Latin or Russian or some other Bibles, it might be verse one. Uh, but we don't exactly know what occasion it was on. It might have been this, that uh, after David won his famous fight against Goliath, King Saul started sending him on different missions and often they were very dangerous. David was always successful and came back with great victories. At some point, Saul became jealous of David and even started fearing him. People had started praising David more than Saul, and for Saul, it was unacceptable. People said, Saul has, Saul has slain his thousands and David his tens of thousands. Saul couldn't stand it, so he decided he'd try to kill David. David ran away. And Saul went on, his, on this wild chase after David. They ran all over Israel and even beyond. It might have been at this point that David uh, wrote this psalm, asking for help. If we read on, God kept him safe from his enemies, even using Saul's son, Jonathan, and his daughter, David's wife, Michal. David lived a long life and became king after Saul died. And God was always with him. And so, we sh and so should we look for God to, to God for help, because he's good, merciful, and abounding in love. When we have trouble, or when we have messed up, or someone is against us, look to God for help, because he's willing to help. 
Saul treated David unjustly, but David was able to call upon God, and God showed him favor through uh, Saul's son, Jonathan. And they had become close friends, and Jonathan was able to warn him against his own father. God was kind and showed favor to David through this and, and many other episodes in his life. Let's read on from Psalm 86. Verses 8 to 13 tell us that God is our help because there is none like him, and he teaches us to be like him. Let's read. Among the gods there is none like you, Lord. No deeds can compare with yours. All the nations you have made will come and worship before you, Lord. They will bring glory to your name, for you are great and do marvelous deeds. You alone are God. Teach me your way, Lord, that I may rely on your faithfulness. Give me an undivided heart that I may fear your name. I will praise you, Lord, my God, with all my heart. I will glorify your name forever. For great is your love toward me. You have delivered me from the depths, from the realm of the dead. David states that God is unique because he holds all the power and no one else is able to do what he does. All the nations will come to the point of worshiping his name. What are some of those things that our God is able to do that no one else can? There is a story in the Bible about a prophet called Elijah. He lived in tough times when it seemed like he was the only one serving uh, the true God. Everyone else seemed to serve a pagan god called Baal. Uh, it says there were about 450 prophets of Baal in Israel. They also had the privilege of authority. The queen at the time, Jezebel, was on their side. Elijah challenged them all to a showdown. They will take a bull and Elijah will do the same. Both teams will prepare the sacrifice as they seem fit and whichever God answers and sends fire, he is the true God. People agreed that this was the way to go. And Team Baal was the first to get going. They set everything up and started calling on the name of Baal for many hours, but there was no answer. Soon Elijah started to taunt them saying, maybe he's sleeping or deep in thought. Try speaking louder, maybe you'll wake him up. There was no answer. They even started cutting themselves so that their blood was flowing, as was their custom. Still nothing happened. Eventually they gave up and it was Elijah's turn. He prepared the altar, fixed it, uh, something that was off with it, and asked people to pour so much water on it that it was flooding. If he tried to put a, a fire to it, there was no way it would catch fire. Then he said a short prayer and the fire came down and burned everything on the altar, even the water. People saw that and recognized God as the true God. God was able to do something that Baal couldn't. There are many other occasions in the Bible and also in, in history uh, that God has been able to prove to be unique and different to anything and anyone else. David also asks God to teach him to be like him, to be merciful and gracious uh, because God's steadfast love to him and to us is great. And he has saved David from the depths of Sheol. We see that God did teach uh, David to be like him because all throughout his life we see that, God, that he grew in God's likeness. And we read a lot of moments from, uh, from David's life. 
It doesn't mean now that David was able to light a fire whenever he liked, but rather that he's the only person to be called a man after God's own heart. Despite his many and public sins, God does that to everyone in greater and smaller things. When I was close to finishing high school, I went to a week of outreach here in Latvia and Jakobils. It was a great time, and, but on the way back home to Ventspils, where I lived at the time, uh, we stopped at the Lido in Riga for lunch before we, we would go on further. And when I was buying my lunch, the cashier uh, made a mistake and returned me too much money. She quickly caught herself and fixed her mistake. And I went back to the guys I was with and we had our lunch. When I told him what, has, what had just happened, one of them asked me, but you would have given it back to her, right? I said, yes, but to be honest, I probably wouldn't have at that time. After such a question, I had to think about it and realize that it would have been the wrong thing to do. And thus, without actually doing anything, I learned something that I could use in the future if such a situation came up again. I'm sure I would do the right thing now. I think it was God teaching me something at that point, and he was making me more like him in some small way. And there are many other similar stories in my life, and I'm sure there are some in yours as well. God works in our lives to make us more like him. We need to acknowledge that God is uniquely placed above all things to be able to help us in our need. But not only that, he teaches us and changes us to become more like him, more loving, more gracious, more good to others. And all we need to do is to submit to him and spend time with him and allow him to work in us. Let's read the final few verses in the psalm where we see that God is our help because he has favor to his people and he puts uh, their enemies to shame. From verse 14. Arrogant foes are attacking me, O God. Ruthless people are trying to kill me. They have no regard for you. But you, Lord, are a compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. Turn to me and have mercy on me. Show your strength in, on behalf of your servant. Save me because I serve you, just as my mother did. Give me a sign of your goodness that my enemies may see it and be put to shame. For you, Lord, have helped me and comforted me. David finally comes to his point in this psalm and, or this prayer and says that there are enemies plotting against his life, but he trusts in God to have favor towards him and to put his enemies to shame because they will see that God is on David's side. As we said before, we don't know what was the occasion on which David wrote this psalm, but it is possible that it was during the, uh, his escape from Saul as he was trying to kill David. And as they were running all over Israel and even beyond for a while, uh, we read from the book of First, Sa uh, first Book of Samuel uh, that at one point David was hi hiding in a cave in the desert. Saul wasn't very far away and was looking for David. And he entered the cave to relieve himself. What he didn't know was that it was the very same cave that David was hiding in, only a bit deeper. Saul was in David's hands. To prove that, David cut off a corner of Saul's robe. Later, when Saul left the cave, David followed him and they met. David showed Saul that he had had mercy on him and didn't want to slay the king anointed by God. Saul must have felt pretty embarrassed about it. 
Even more, sometime later, a similar, similar scene happened again, when David went into Saul's camp at night and spared his life once more, only taking his spear and the water jug that was near his head. Again, he showed David, Saul, <clears throat> he showed Saul afterwards that he had spared his life. Saul was very embarrassed and then went home for some time. We see how God favored David and put his enemy to shame. In some smaller or sometimes bigger ways, he does the same thing to us. God gives us favor in many different ways, freely. This week, we went to, uh, me and my family, we went to England uh, to visit Phil and Lydia, if you know them, uh, and their children, Isabel, Josh, and Caden. They were uh, part of this church, if you don't, for a long time. And they say that send their greetings and say they miss, a miss us very much. And they live at the very edge of southwest England in Cornwall. As we were planning this trip, we were going to fly to Bristol and then take a train to where they live. And we had already bought the plane tickets. We just needed to, oh, we had already bought the train tickets, but we needed to wait until the plane tickets dropped a bit. We thought it was going to, but it never did to such a level that we thought it would be good. And instead, Elena found cheap tickets to, for a plane to London and then cheaper train tickets from London to, to where they live. We had already booked tickets for train from Bristol, but, and they say they are non-refundable, but we applied for a refund and got our money back. Um, and we managed to get there for an acceptable money and as a bonus saw a bit of London too. Even more, the train that we took was delayed and we were, apply, we were able to apply for partial refund for that, so we saved even more money. I believe it was a favor from God because they didn't have to refund us, but they did. When we have a need, we need to turn to God and entrust with Him with everything because He promises to take care of us. When we are on a big epic journey like Frodo or in smaller occasions, we must know that we're not alone. We have help. Frodo has had his friends. Some of them were very powerful. Some of them were kings and noblemen and even wizards. We have our almighty God who is our help. He's always able to help, always willing to help, and always actually does help us when we turn to him. So let's turn to him with our needs and requests and trust that God will provide us for what we need. Let's pray. Thank you, God, that you're able to help us when we come to you and, and um, you're willing to help us and you're able to help us. And uh, please let us remember that uh, it is you who we need to come to when we have something and... Uh, we will trust you that you will help us with all our needs. In Jesus' name, amen.